everyone, this is your one and only personal astrophysicist Rohit Agrawal right there bringing a brand new episode for our podcast Astrophysics. And this is the episode of, uh, I think, third episode of our Astrotech series in which we are considering uh, the technology involved or that was involved or that is going to be involved in uh, astronomy and astrophysics. So basically space technology is what we are dealing in this particular series and this is our third episode we have already considered Dyson Sphere and Warp Drives. Now we are having Ion Propulsion. So actually, uh, you know, warp drive and Dyson Sphere was more hypothetical concepts than ion propulsion because ion propulsion is already developed and we are using ion propulsion currently. But still, ion propulsion is not the uh, is not that efficient and is not that uh, you know it's not kind of a miracle uh, other than uh, like you know Dyson Sphere and. Uh, warp drive they are, they were more hypothetical and uh, so ion propulsion has lots and lots of data uh, that we need to consider and uh, things like that so uh, as 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 i've seen uh, i got a very interesting article on nasa's official website so i'll directly uh, so i'll directly take you there other, rather than first going to wikipedia so let us get started so what ion propulsion is basically so once i don't know who said uh, uh, someone said that uh, uh, i wish we could have electric rockets and uh, yeah elon musk said yeah i i, I saw a interview of elon musk in that he said uh, i wish we could have uh, electric rockets and uh, this is not possible that this is not possible indeed that we cannot have electric rockets because the you know for the at the very basic level we are using the newton's third law uh, that is every action is an equal and opposite reaction to move out there in space and uh, you know uh, a, a typical rocket engine is nothing but uh, you know uh, it's just oozing out of uh, gases at a very vast pace in the opposite direction of which we want to move so this is the basic and geeky you know the definition of uh, basic rocket propulsion systems so this is it that we are just you know uh, oozing out some gases we are just throwing out some gases at a very vast pace uh, to move in the opposite direction so this is how a propulsion a typical rocket chemical propulsion works but ion propulsion is something different so let us read out what is ion propulsion and let us see what nasa says so uh, ion propulsion ion thrusters so basically the engines are also called thrusters thrusters are the ones which provides the perpendicular force so thrust is nothing but perpendicular force and uh, ion, so ion thrusters are being designed for a wide variety of missions from keeping communication satellites in proper position station keeping to propelling spacecraft throughout our solar system these thrusters have high specific impulses ratio of thrust to the rate of propellant com- consumption so they require significantly less propellant for a given mission that would be needed with chemical propulsion so ion propulsion is even considered to be mission enabling for some cases when sufficient chemical propellant cannot be carried to the spacecraft to accomplish the desired mission so uh, chemical it's 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 less efficient than a chemical propulsion it's not as uh, efficient it's not as uh, you know uh, 
uh, ion propulsion is not as strong as chemical propulsion but still uh, we, because you know we can harness the electrical energy and it's it's basically the uh, it uses some parts of electrical energy and it uses some part of chemical energy and it's the combined of both of these things so electrical energy is what we can derive our solar panels and things like that so uh, that is why ion thrusters are good so uh, for a deep space mission and if you if you just need to send a spacecraft to a, to deep space then i think ion propulsion is very good because it use less fuel and more uh, you know electrical energy to propel a spacecraft so that is why it is good and uh, then we have how does an ion thruster work so the, this uh, is more theoretical itself because uh, you know uh, introducing some of the mathematics and some of the uh, complex things is beyond the scope of some listeners so uh, i'll be i'll be more theoretical in this part because uh, you know the reason so how does an ion thruster work an ion thruster ionizes propellant by adding or removing electrons to produce ions most thrusters ionize propellant by electron bombardment a high energy electron negative charge collides with the propellant atom neutral charge releasing electrons from the propellant atom and resulting in a positively charged ion the gas produces the gas produced consists of uh, positive ions and negative electrons in proportions that result in no overall electric charge this is called a plasma a plasma has uh, some of the properties of gas but is affected by electric and magnetic fields common examples are lightning and the substances inside fluorescent light bulbs so most of the ion thrusters use xenon uh, as uh, uh, most of the ion thrusters use xenon as propellant but uh, there are some of the missions like starlink so starlink is also using yeah that thanks to your amazement uh, starlink is also using ion propulsion and it will be using krypton as the a uh, propellant and most of them are using xenon because xenon is uh, the next point is that only the most common propellant used in ion propulsion is xenon as i said nah, which is easily ionized and had and has a high atomic mass thus generating a desirable level of thrust when ions are accelerated it also is inert and has a high storage density therefore it is well suited for storing on spacecraft in most ion thrusters electrons are generated with a discharged hollow cathode by a process called thermoionic emission so this is not important uh, electrons produced by the discharge cathode are attracted to the discharge chamber walls uh, which are charged to a high positive potential by the voltage applied by the thrusters discharge power supply neutral propellant is injected into a discharge chamber where the electrons bombard uh, the propellant to produce positively charged ions and release more electrons high strength magnets provide electrons from freely reaching the discharge channel walls the lengthness the time that electrons in, uh, reside in the discharge chamber and increases the probability of ionizing event the positively charged ions migrate toward grids that contain thousands of very precisely aligned hollows apertures at the aft end of the ion thruster the first grid is positively charged electrode screen grid um, a very high positive voltage is applied to the screen grid but it is configured to force the discharged plasma to, res uh, to reside at a high voltage as ions pass 
between the grids they are accelerated towards a negatively charged electrode the accelerator grid uh, to very high speeds up to 90000 miles per hour so the positive charged ions are accelerated out of the thruster as a ion beam which produces thrust a neutralizer another hollow cathode expels an equal amount of electrons to make the total charge of the exhaust beam neutral without a neutralizer the spacecraft would build up a negative charge and eventually ions will be drawn back to the spacecraft reducing thrust and causing spacecraft erosion the primary parts of the ion propulsion are the ion thruster power processing unit ppu which which ultimately gives you the power and uh, the electric power in this case propellant management system pms the digital controller interface unit which actually operates all of these things the ppu converts the electrical power from a power source usually solar cells or a nuclear heat source so sometimes we ha- uh, we use uh, rtg radio radio thermo isotopic generator i think it's what what is the full form of rtgs so rtgs are nothing but you know the nuclear reactors that we kind of using to produce energy in a spacecraft or solar cells that's very common as uh, heat source into the voltages need needed for the hollow cathodes to operate to bias the grids and to provide the current needed produce the ion beam the pms may be delivered into high pressure assembly and that reduces the non pressure from the highest storage pressures in the tank to a level that is uh, then mentored and with the accuracy of ion thrusters components by the low pressure assembly lpa and dciu controls and monitor systems and uh, so the dci controls the monitor systems performance and performs communication functions with the spacecraft computers that is you know something that's very basic and uh, then we have some of the history and i think that uh, this is not very necessary that's just something to relate but yeah uh, the basic uh, working of ion thruster or ion propulsion is worth understanding and that's really really fascinating if you are a space enthusiast and obviously if you are listening to this uh, podcast you obviously are a space enthusiast and uh, you really wanted to know something so that was it uh, for this episode and uh, this was how it is working and uh, this is how uh, ion propulsion is working now Uh, tell you some of the missions that we are using ion propulsion in and uh, some of the uh, more things uh, so basically ion propulsion has uh, two types of gender uh, two types of thrusters electrostatic thrusters and electromagnetic thrusters i think the general working principle is uh, almost clear and i think that we don't need to dive in the origins of the history then we have uh, electrostatic thrusters also has parts the first one is gridded electrostatic ion thruster so that is something different and i and i don't think that uh, that much information is necessary but uh, yeah you should be aware of the types then we have hall effect thrusters then we have field emission electric propulsion in the electromagnetic thrusters we have pulsed inductive thrusters then we have magnetoplasma dynamic thruster then we have electrodeless plasma thrusters then we have helicon double layer thrusters then we have variable specific impulse magnetoplasma rocket that is vemisir that's very 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 rare uh, i mean that's very common i'm sorry i said rare that's very 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 rare and uh, then we have microwave electrothermal thrusters then we have radioisotope thruster so these are the uh, kinds of ion proper ion thrusters and uh, then we have uh, some of the propellants propellants i have already told you about that xenon is the very very common and then we have mercury we use mercury in the very first of in the you know in the uh, 
in the first of the uh, spacecraft that we considered uh, using ion propulsion we used mercury also then the common one is xenon then we use bismuth and iodine also then we have uh, argon also as a propellant in vsimr that's basimir design and we use we'll use krypton in the starling project uh, now let me tell you something that's that's interesting just a second yeah uh, so yes 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 it's here yes so ion thruster was first built by harnold harold r kaufman in uh, 1959 in the nasa's glenn research center and nasa's glenn research center is very very popular for uh, uh, propulsions and uh, propulsion systems and all of these things that we have related to thrusters and propellants propulsions we do it in nasa glenn research center if you want to know more about that uh, we'll create a dedicated episode what uh, you know there are many uh, Uh, centers of NASA like Jet Propulsion Laboratory and then we have NASA's Glenn Research Center Johnson Space Center and many more so we'll tell you the work of all of them so the first uh, abroad suborbital space flight that was Space Electric Rocket Test 1 SERT1 so that's important to know and uh, then we'll discuss about some of the missions right so in earth orbit we have sent SpaceX Starlink satellites that are using uh ion propulsion and that is powered by krypton and it is used to perform maneuvers and deorbit at the end of their use then we have uh, european space agency's gravity field and steady state oceans circulation explorer that's gosh and uh, we've launched it in 2009 and that is also some of the same use then we have sent many of the spacecrafts in deep space uh, like deep space 1 that was by nasa then we have hayabusa jexas uh, japanese aerospace exploration agency jexas hayabusa which was sent to an uh, asteroid yeah an asteroid only <laughs> and then we have smart one that's european space agency that was uh, uh, you know a, that was a spacecraft sent to lunar orbit and then we have dawn dawn was sent to uh, dawn dawn was also a spacecraft and that was sent to the dwarf planet uh, ceres and asteroid vesta then we have lisa's pathfinder that was of es and all the pathfinder uh, no it, we are not talking about the pathfinder rover of mars we are talking about european space agency's lisa pathfinder which was sent to uh, i think mercury or where it was sent to It was sent to space. Sent to this is again, and I don't know where it was sent. Uh, it's it's not very clear. Now we have Bepi Colombo, which was sent to Mercury, and that was also of ESA. Then we have proposed missions of uh, proposed missions to Lunar Gateway and International Space Station, then Mars also. So there are many of the interstellar missions also. So uh, that was that was uh, that was the thing about. and you know uh, most of so ion propulsion has a very very broad base i have not discussed the you know the uh, the basics you know the subtypes of ion thrusters i tell i told you the basic understanding of ion thrusters that's uh, and i think that is important to there literally let me count uh, 1 2 3 1 2 3 4 5 6 7 8 9 
and 10 then it read 10 types of ion thrusters and all of them are very different and interesting all of them requires uh, a, i think a video solution is required to understand them and uh, this was it if you if you know if you want to know about them you should do it on your own behalf because uh, they are they'll, they'll go in very depth if i if i'll talk about them so this was it for this episode i hope you like the audio i hope you like the episode and i hope you are now very clear with the understand the basic understanding of ion thrusters and if you want to know more just get directed to wikipedia or anywhere and this was it for the episode thank you guys thank you for listening and you just now heard to your one and only personal astrophysicist shweta grubal and this was the end of third episode of our astrotech series and stay tuned for the first episode of uh, the season third in which we'll be uh, featuring Molly Wells. She's a uh, PhD grad student and she's working on star formation and we'll be discussing star formation with her and lots of crazy stuff. So stay tuned and we'll be releasing the episode very soon. And thank you guys. Thank you very much. That was it for the episode.